Hello, and welcome to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and I'm here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. This season, we're discussing 10 traits of impactful Christian teachers, characteristics we need to focus on if we want to go beyond just teaching academics and actually make a significant impact in our students' lives. We're discussing each trait one by one to see what the Bible has to say about it and what it looks like day to day in the classroom. Last week, we talked about teaching for the heart, not just the outward behavior. And if you've missed the first four episodes of this season, I hope you'll go back and check those out. But this week, we're talking about the the fifth trait, and that is being humble and genuine. I don't know if you've really thought about this before, but humility really is powerful. And genuineness connects you with your students. On the other hand, if you're fake or proud, this is really a huge, huge turnoff. You know, when I think about humility and genuineness, I think about one teacher that I had in high school, and this was a Christian school, and this man He was a man of God, and he was so humble and just so genuine in his faith and what he tried to portray to us. And he was by no means a perfect teacher, but he had such a platform to speak to us. He had our ears, and honestly, he had our hearts because of that. I mean, I remember he would just, he would be talking about just God or his relationship with him, and and he would start to tear up. I mean, this is a grown man, and he would just start to tear up. He was just so, it was so so passionate about it and he was just so real with us that his emotions would shine through and I'm not saying that you need to cry in front of your students but I'm just saying he had he had our hearts because of that and there were so many students in my Christian school that really they struggled spiritually and honestly like after they graduated they pretty much left church and didn't come back but there was still something in them for this one teacher I remember we had when he retired we had a um a little reception to honor him. I shouldn't say little. It ended up being quite a big reception because there were students that, there were classmates that I hadn't seen for years, hadn't come back to church, and and they were there to, to pay honor to him, to remember him because he'd had that impact on their lives, and it really was because of his humility and his genuineness. So as we think about this, you know, I thinking about Scripture, I, I think of James 4, 6, where it says, He gives more grace, therefore he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. You know, we're going to be talking about some specific ways that your humility and genuineness can shine through in the classroom. But before we get there, I have to say, you know, you can't force yourself to appear humble and genuine unless that's in your heart. That makes sense, right? You can't fake genuineness. Well, you can try, but it's not going to ring true. That's the whole point. So if you're struggling with this, Um, The first thing we absolutely have to do is to humble ourselves before God. And whether you struggle with humility or not, this is something that we need to continually do. Um, It's not something that happens once and it's done. Um, But that's where we have to start. As we said, God resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. Um, So, like I said, whether you've been struggling with this or this is something that you, you are always concerned about, it never hurts to just stop, humble ourselves before God, ask for his help in this area, and just recognize we are nothing and we desperately need him in our lives. 
So the first thing that we must do is humble ourselves in our hearts before God. Secondly, one way, uh, one way we can show this to our students is by admitting our mistakes and asking for forgiveness if needed. Um, let me ask you this. What happens when you make a mistake in your classroom? Do you get defensive about it? Do you get upset when a student points it out? This can be as simple as adding something wrong in math class. How do you react to that? Are you quick to say, oops, I was wrong? Or, or do you, like I said, do you get defensive about that? Don't do that. We all make mistakes, and our students, they know that we make mistakes. So why would we try to pretend that we don't? We need to be genuine and honest and humble about our own inadequacies. So sometimes it's just a simple math error. Other times, though, we, we blow it. We do. We fly off the handle. We handle a situation incorrectly. We try not to, but these things are going to happen. We're just human. And when they do, that can actually, and we feel, when that happens, we normally feel horrible. We feel like we've, it's just too late. Our students are never going to trust us again. But that's actually one of the most powerful opportunities to build rapport. And that is when we go and we humbly ask for their forgiveness. We say, I was wrong to handle it this way. I shouldn't have done that. Will you forgive me? And um, like I said, when you do that, when you go to your students, you you ask for the forgiveness, you admit that you were wrong and how you handled it, that their respect for you is going to grow incredibly and you're going to build that rapport that opens doors to speak to their hearts. So number one, humble yourself before God. Number two, admit your mistakes and ask for forgiveness when needed. Number three, in being humble, we need to remember to listen to advice from others. Sometimes this is direct advice from a principal or a fellow teacher. Sometimes, though, this comes in the form of negative feedback, Um, whether it's coming from parents, admins, or even students. You know, when we get that feedback, whether it's intentionally constructive or whether it honestly is quite negative, what is our initial reaction? Often, it's so easy to get defensive. But if we want to be the best teachers we can, and if we want to have the spirit of humility, we need to stop and instead of getting defensive, ask ourselves, Is there some truth to this? Is there something I can learn from this feedback? Is there something I could change to be better? And um, just, just ask yourself that. Look for those nuggets that you can take and improve. And then honestly, if there's some all a whole bunch of other negative things that were said that were not true, let them go. Let your don't feel like you have to defend yourself on everything. Sometimes you do. But ask yourself, am I defending myself on this because it's honestly like the parent needs to understand this? Or is it just my own pride? Am I only concerned with looking good? And if that's the case, then maybe we should simply let it go. So one, humble yourself before God. Two, admit your mistakes. Three, listen to advice from others. Number four, think win-win. We've talked about this before, but the concept here is to always remember that We are on the same team and have the same goal. I'm talking especially about your interactions with parents, fellow teachers, and administrators. It's often easy to feel like we're at odds with these other adults that should be on the same team as us. The problem often comes because we disagree on the how, on the way to make something happen. But the reality is that normally we do have common goals. We want our students to succeed academically. We want them to become good citizens. We, we want them to do well in life. So we have the same goals. We simply differ on how they should be accomplished. So when you're in a disagreement with a parent, an administrator, a fellow teacher, 
always go back to there and remember that. Remind them, remind yourself. We are on the same team. We simply differ about how to accomplish our goal. And when you start from there, that will help you have an attitude of humility in realizing, you know, I have my opinion, but they have an opinion too. We need to consider each other's opinions and work together to solve this problem, not be at odds. Number five, to show humility and genuineness, do not criticize. Okay, this is way easier said than done. But this comes from two things. Number one, it comes from an inner humility. Often when we criticize, it's because we think we're better, that we know better, that we would have made a better decision if it were our decision to make. But that's a proud way of thinking of things. Instead, and I'm talking to myself too because I struggle with this as well, we need to remind ourselves, number one, of a few things. Number one, we all make mistakes. I make mistakes. People could criticize a lot of things. I do. Number two, we might not have all the facts. My administration might have made made this decision based on facts that I'm not even aware of. And so we need to remember that. And when we do, when we have that humble attitude, it will keep us from criticizing. Um, we'll, we'll be remembering that and we won't be so critical in our attitude. Now, if there is a problem, if there's a policy or something that happens that you do not agree with, go to the person themselves and talk to them about it. Um, you know, that that is good and that is right. So talk to them about it with a spirit of humility. But then after that, the decision, if the decision is up to them and it's not in your hands, choose to give them the benefit of the doubt for whatever they choose. And remember, like I said, we don't always have all the facts. Number six, don't put on a facade. If you're telling your students to do or to be something that you're not, don't do that. You need to work on that. This is just, this is the common uh, we, we know this, but we can still sometimes fall into that trap. I think of the verse in Matthew where Jesus says, um, you're being a hypocrite. Don't try to pull the speck out of someone else's eye when you've got a beam in your own eye. And it's easy to do this with our students. And the answer isn't, oh, I'm just going to stop telling them to do stuff. The answer is to work on our own life. That's what he says. He says, he doesn't say hypocrite, stop telling them what to do. He says, hypocrite, first pull the beam out of your own eye, then you can help them with their speck. So if there's an area in your life where you're being hypocritical, if you're being honest, work on that area. Ask God for help. You know, when I, another thing about putting on a facade, though, is sometimes I think, maybe this happens especially with younger teachers, is, is we get a little bit confused. And sometimes we think that we have to put on this persona when we step into the classroom. And I see why some people might think that. Because we hear things about, like, I need to be professional. We can't be too friendly with our students. We need to command respect. And all of these things are true. But the problem comes when we try to put on a front. Try to be something that we're not. And that doesn't ring true. So instead of thinking, I have to act like this way, instead, we need to change how we think about our role and just recognize teaching as a different role. I am here as a mentor, I am here as a teacher, I'm not here as a friend. And then bring your true self, your true personality into that new role as a mentor. I hope that makes sense, but just just be careful how you think about it because I think how you think about it will affect how you're perceived by your students. If you're viewing yourself as putting on this facade and pretending like acting a certain way, it's not going to ring true. Instead, own it. I am a mentor, I am a teacher, I'm going to bring my personality and act like a mentor. And then finally, number seven, and I think this is one of the most powerful, be real about your struggles. 
you know, sometimes, um, sometimes when we portray ourselves as if we have it all together, um, we think that that will inspire our students. But what will inspire them much more is to realize that we struggle too, but we are learning to overcome our struggles. That's what they need to see because let's be honest, they struggle. And when they see someone that doesn't seem to struggle, they can't relate to that. But when they see that we have our own struggles, that we're working through them, learning to overcome them, they can relate to that. And they will naturally gravitate to that. And they will they will want to learn from us because they'll feel like they understand they understand us and that they can trust us because they know that it's real. When we try to pretend we have it all together, something in that, like I said, they there's either this disconnect because they can't relate or they can sense this isn't this isn't real. <laughs> no one can have it all together this much. So don't be afraid to talk with your students about your struggles, whether it's academic, personal, and whatever aspect it comes up. Be honest with them about them, and I think you'll really find that it opens doors to having a deeper impact in your students' lives. Let's take just a moment and pause and pray and just ask for God's help in this area. Lord, I pray for all the teachers that are listening right now um, to this podcast. I just pray that you will work in their hearts, in their lives. Just help them and help me to just be humble, to humble ourselves before you and help us to display your genuine love. Help students be able to see that the faith we have, the life we live is real. It's not a facade. It's not fake. It's not just a piece of who we are. It's real. And I pray that you'll help help teachers just to um, just show that humility love, and genuineness to their students. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I hope you've been enjoying this season where we've been talking about traits of impactful Christian teachers. Next week, we're talking about an important trait, and that is encouraging and edifying those around us. This includes our students and also the other adults that we interact with at school. If you haven't done so yet, I hope that you will join our Teach for the Heart community. It's absolutely free. You just have to sign up at teachfortheheart.com. When you join the Teach for Heart community, you'll receive practical advice and biblical encouragement that will give you the confidence and perspective to not only inspire your students, but to reach their hearts as well. As I said, you just need to go to teachfortheheart.com to join. If you'd like any of the notes or links, you can go to teachfortheheart.com slash season three. I'll see you next week. In the meantime, keep growing, keep striving. You really are making a difference.